Good morning, good evening, and good night. Welcome to another episode of Doing Business in the Bahamas. This is episode number seven. And we are sponsored by Bahamas Candle and Soap. We also want to thank you for tuning into this informative podcast. And we'd like to thank our newest sponsor, the Creative Center Bahamas, for making this and future podcasts possible with the use of their creative space. So today on Doing Business in the Bahamas, we have a very special guest, a very good friend of mine for a very long time, a lot of years, a lot of years. Decades? Um, pretty much. Yeah, definitely. right? We, we definitely over the 10-year mark. I'm still only 16, though. Yeah, okay. so that was a childhood thing. But <laughs> um, Her name is Kentisha Ward, and some people might hear that name and know exactly who that is. If you don't know that name, what you would know is her company. And the company is known as Pop Stop. I just paused there for dramatic effect <laughs> for a second. And the first thing I got to ask you, Kandisha, why Pop Stop? Why Pop Stop? Because I, I like to be cool, and I like to make other people cool. <laughs> um, Pop Stop, there's, it's a long story. I had moved back here to the Bahamas. Right. I had three degrees. Um, Bahama had told me, hey, come on back. We have an amazing job for you. You could live here in the Bahamas with your family, and right. we'll pay you the same amount of money that we're paying you in the U.S., that they're paying you in the U.S., so come on down. Hopped on a plane, I packed up my stuff, I said, I want to eat tuna and grits on the beach, I'm gone. <laughs> I want life to be simple again, that so I'm gone. So, so I came here, um, eventually I was put into redundancy by Bahamar, because, um, you know, they let everybody go during that, that period, um, and having three degrees, that made me overqualified. Right. You always had a lot of time. I didn't know what You're it overqualified. meant. overqualified. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know there was such a thing, um, but it made me overqualified. I had to try and find something to do. I went on more than 50 different interviews, um, giving out resumes, changing up resumes. Right. Um, and I still wasn't able to, I still wasn't able to find a job. Um, they told me that I would either make $250 a week or I was overqualified. So I had to figure out something <laughs> to do. And my mother was ready for me to figure out something to do because she was tired of the financial burden. So um, I eventually decided to figure out what I liked the most. And right. I've always liked sour sups. I've always liked fresh fruits. And I was a little girl who would go and buy all the cup and baggies from Miss Major around the corner in her tuck shop. So I wanted to be able to merge those things together. And I've always been very health conscious as well. So, and I've also been allergic to dairy. You are? Yes. From since okay. I was a little girl. So that changed a lot for me. So I've never been a huge ice cream fan. Okay. So Makes sense I now. had to find ways to make something cool that I would love too and that yeah. everybody else could love that's also healthy. No animal products, no sugars, just all natural products. So I decided to come up with Pop Stop. So geez, that was a, that was a lot. Yeah, sorry, but that was let, long. Let's go let's go back. <laughs> let's 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 go all the way back. Okay. Three degrees. Let's let's start with that first. Yeah. Degrees in what? Um, business management, international business and global leadership. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> but it's, it's some of those degrees that here in this country, they bring in people right. for, yeah. pay them a lot more than the, that they would even offer me. Right. So therefore, it took me out of the job market. Hmm. So Bahamar, when they called you and they told you, come on back, did they know you had your degrees at that time or they just wanted you? Oh, yeah. You? When I, I had interviewed in the U.S., so they, right. they had known what I, what I was. I was working at Enterprise Rent-A-Car at that time. Right. I was running my own Enterprise branch in mm -hmm. South Beach, so they were very aware of who you are and what you were doing what and I your capabilities. Definitely of my capabilities. So what happened, I mean, 
The Bahama debacle, as they call it. Yeah. I guess that's what happened during that time, the whole political situation and mm-hmm. the Chinese, blah, blah, blah. So mm-hmm. it was a good it was a good idea. We just mm-hmm. poorly executed. Definitely. So no fault of your own, I would say that. Yeah, no. So now you're in that state with that most Bahamians find themselves in that um, I'm home, I have these degrees, now I can't find a job. Mm-hmm. And what is it meant by you're overqualified? How do you become overqualified? At first, I had no idea, absolutely. Trust me. Um, I moved to the Bahamas and it's like overqualified. I was like, is that slang that I didn't pick up when I was yeah. away for so long? <laughs> was overqualified. Um, but it was, it, I had too much degrees that they were not willing to pay me for. Right. Um, they said that I could either make $250 a week or they don't have a position for me. I had sat during interviews where I had the people interview me say, honestly, I feel like this position is beneath you. And I'm on the other end saying, no, it's no, actually no, no. not. Is, you yeah. know, I'll take it. I'll take it. And they'll say, <laughs> and, and from a human resources point of view, I completely right. understand it. Um, where they will say, if I hire you, I'll train you, but you won't be here long, and I'll have to hire somebody, somebody else, else and train them That's as always well. A so, but because I had these degrees, I was aware of the human resources protocol, so I completely right. understood. So it was just time to figure out who would hire me if they won't. How will I be able to survive if they didn't? If you don't do it. Mm-hmm. So not being able to find a job, you mentioned about, what, some 50-odd places that you it, applied it, to? It's amazing. And it was just because of the degrees that no one really wanted to, to hire From, you for It that. came to a point, Rashad, where I started taking the degrees off of my resume. Right. Because I felt like they were hurting me more than they They're were helping, helping me. Right. And I was like, so what if I just don't put the degrees at all? And I remember telling one of my family members, and I said, you know, I don't even mind being a waitress at this point. Right. For the reason, when I was in college, I was a waitress, and that's, that was able to help me pay for my rent exactly. and my school fees and stuff like that. So I said, man, I'll even be a waitress. And even trying to get a waitress, I was overqualified <laughs> for that. I ran a branch at Enterprise in South Beach. So they were like, you mean the rent-a-car place? And yeah. I was like, yeah. And they say, South Beach, Miami? I was like, yeah. It's pretty busy over there. It, no, it was a big job, yeah. but it, it canceled me from other smaller jobs. Oh, gee. <laughs> so your resume can't look too good. Otherwise, you just can't really find a job. And then you come back to the Bahamas where... Like, what would you even uh, put that side by side? What company would you say, okay, then, rent a, rent a, rent a car, enterprise rent a car, versus what in the Bahamas? Budget. Um, I think there's budget, there's Avis, and I gave out resumes. Were they at that same scale? Oh, most definitely not. So definitely. Yeah, definitely. Like, and when those other companies see a company like Enterprise Rent-A-Car, that's their largest competitor. Yeah, yeah. But you would think that if you hire somebody who has that experience, it could build they your could brand. You. Exactly. And I ran an entire location in South Beach. So the help that I could have provided at that time was just amazing. The knowledge, the experience. No, they didn't want that. The, mo- just the about movement of cars, the, yeah. the, the policies <laughs> that I could have brought. But um, they looked at my resume, and I never got a call back. I never got anything. And I, I applied to those ones first because right. I knew that's what my experience was in. So you just want to stay in that same genre? And just I, didn't, say, I just, just wanted to get on. paid at a point. So, <laughs> would, you, would you say, because there is a fair monger, a fair that rules around with um, workers, that if they hired this girl, she knows more than me. Oh, She's most definitely. She's for my job. Most definitely. I actually had done a month a month work at Bahamas Air. Right. And um, they had hired me for uh, a really, uh, just uh, a line staff position, let right. me say that. And the people who I were hired with, they were, I remember this one lady, she came into the office and she was so excited that she had senior citizen on her national insurance card. <laughs> 
and I was fresh back from college, yeah. fresh let go. So I was like, senior citizen, and you're happy? <laughs> but now when I go into RBC, I empathize with her, though. I say, I wish I had senior citizen. Go in that line, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. That line is like two people on that line. Yeah, so <laughs> definitely I had a lot of kickback from a lot of the older generation yeah. um, when it came to thinking that I was going to take their job, but not even understanding that, ma'am, I'm not even interested in your job. Yeah. I'm interested in creating a position that, they don't even have that exists yet, uh, uh, a position where I can't become redundant. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that fear, that fear does exist in the Bahamas, and it still exists here. I think that's a part of actually doing business. Um, whereas even in your employees, they have this in-strife going on mm-hmm. between each other, you know, um, especially with good compl- employees. They're looking for progress, but they don't want the next person coming in or this person get hired for me to train them, for them to take my job. Mm-hmm. So it is a fair, and I find that your story is a typical one mm-hmm. with a lot of Bahamians who go off to college who want to change the world, change the Bahamas, and they come back here, and they get frustrated. Yeah, and Rashad, I really had a goal and a mission to try and change something. Right. Um, but, you know, after you get shut down so much, you become discouraged. So I had actually created a nonprofit organization called Preparing Our People, POP, mm-hmm. as well, where I would um, work with young Bahamian women, and I... They'd go to school. We'd go after school classes. They'd actually also come to Pop Stop, cut down our fruits, mm-hmm. see how we make the pops. And they'd actually still, there's still some of the young ladies who still work with me now. You will see them at our locations. They're the right. younger ones in the Pop Stop shirt. They actually sell the food, sell the popsicles as well. So they see the manufacturing process straight until the end, and they see the profit. Right. So they're able to have their hands involved in in every aspect of the business. So if they want to do okay. something on their own, they could do it as well. So have the, any of them actually taken yourself, like actually started their own business based on this? Or? Um, I have I have a few, I have one young lady who, right. who's actually following right behind me. You might know her, Tina's daughter. Remember Tina? Yes. Yeah, her daughter, yeah. Talia. Okay. Uh, she's just such a superstar. Awesome. So she's my, um, my mini-me. And <laughs> trust me, she's doing such a good job. Um, when it talks, when we talk about growth in the business, she's one of those candidates that I found where I could actually see the business growing and right. it could grow with her and help her grow personally as well. That's awesome, man. That's really, I didn't know you actually did that. Definitely. It's pretty cool. When she first started, mm-hmm. she didn't know how to speak. Like I tell, I'd said, I said, well, hey, I need you to go over here and talk to them. And she'd start crying and say, no, Miss Kenisha, no, I, I can't go. do it. I can't do it. <laughs> and I'll be like, Talia. Go, go. So um, this weekend, she was. She just did such a good job. She found the people. She found the right people she needed to talk to. And she said, right. hey, no, I need this now. My boss said I need this now, so make sure this is together. And she'll say, well, hey, the freezer is good. The freezer isn't good. So she's, she's definitely following in a supervisor role. People who I've had right. who've worked for me who are adults for a while can't do what she's done as still a high school 12th grade student. You know, and something is quite interesting about that, right? There's a statement that um, I'm actually hearing a whole lot more. Um, I don't know if you heard who Dan Pina. You ever heard his name before? The name sounds familiar. Um, they call him the, I think they call him the $500 million man or something like that. But this guy, his net worth is just ridiculous. Wow. Um, I want to be there someday. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard some other people said, actually, you heard Robert Kiyosaki say this. I've heard um, Gary Vaynerchuk say this, this thing where he said that if you're too smart, mm-hmm. it actually hurts you in business. It does. But what happens is... Because you can't relate. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. And when I first heard it, I'm like, what are you talking about? Man? Because most people think to be a business owner, you have to be a genius. No. Okay? Mm-mm. And 
So most people would say, oh, I can't do this because I don't know this or I don't know that or I'm not smart enough, I'm not this, I'm not that. But what I find is what you just described is that state where you're in where, you know what, no matter what I was taught, because education puts you on a certain line. Mm -hmm. And when you don't have that, but you, you, you learn the word, it's like learning how to walk. Let me put it like that then. Um, you could learn to walk by holding on to something, or you could just let go and start walking. Mm -hmm. So there's no restriction on you. Like with her, there's no restriction on her because mm -hmm. she didn't learn that you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't yeah. do that. What mm -hmm. she learned is you should do this. Yes. Yeah. So because she didn't get that education as yet, mm -hmm. she would be a, a really good business owner, a really good entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And I find that most persons, um, when they go off and they come back from school, which is, makes you very unique mm -hmm. because most people can't transition from learning what they learned in school and college mm -hmm. and putting it into business because they're two different things. Mm -hmm. And what I find, again, this is another quote from Robert Kiyosaki, one that I grabbed myself, said that uh, the difference between school and, and the real, real world. In school, if I ask you for help, they call that cheating. Mm -hmm. But in the real world, you have to ask for help. Yeah, so, so if, you get, if you want to get further. Right. So I, was, I can never understand it because you're teaching me not to ask for help. I have to do it by myself. Mm -hmm. But in the real world, you can't do anything without asking for help. So you mm -hmm. already have this mindset that I could do it myself, which mm -hmm. is why, again, people fail. Especially in a country like this, whereas we, we need help to get to the next yes. level. Um, and that's, we have a, I have a camp coming up at, at QC, mm -hmm. at um, Center for Furthering Education, for kids, um, to whereas you could teach kids a different, different look of entrepreneurship. Right. Um, actually, a system and stepping out of the box, thinking out of the box. Um, thinking out of the box and um, actually becoming leaderships, problem solving, critical thinkers um, in society. Mm -hmm. But it's good because that's something that we don't learn. And sometimes it, it's difficult when you first start your business. Like how do, when you started your business, when you said, you know what, screw this, I can't find a job. Let me see if I could start something out. Let's walk through that process for a second. Like, did you feel I can do this? Or did you feel maybe I can, I'll, I'll give it a try. If it doesn't work, I'll find something else. Like, how did you feel in your, when you, when you first made that decision, how did mm -hmm. you feel? Um, I'll start from the beginning. When I was in college, um, I went to Barry University. Right. Um, I had got, actually gotten a scholarship to go to Barry University from Florida Memorial. I started at Florida Memorial rough school, ghetto school, in the middle of Opelok of Florida. And, you know, I met some of the roughest, toughest of them all. Um, but that was a good opening experience because right. I knew that if you wanted something in life, you have to fight for yeah, it. You got to work for yeah, it. Yeah, because everybody had a fight. And <laughs> every time you see them, you heard the fight, you heard the struggle. Um, but then I got a scholarship to go to Barry University because I wanted a better quality of education. Okay. Um, and Barry University was actually known as one of the most diverse universities in that region of the United States. Mm -hmm. Whereas I was placed in classrooms with people who were from Saudi Arabia, Greece, mm. um, directly from Venezuela. They weren't like an escapee. They had the money to right, leave in Venezuela, exactly. yeah. Peru, Finland, Sweden, um, or just all over the world. There were no limits to where people were from. Right. And um, that exposed me. So it wasn't even really true, so much the education. I think it was more of the environment that I was placed in. Right. All of my um, classmates, I remember one class I walked in, and it was 
one of the most life-changing classes that I could ever say that I've ever experienced. Okay, why is that? Um, for the reason that that's when one of our lecturers were talking about when we graduate, what's going to happen next. Because when you're in college, you just... You're free and yeah, you're having you fun. You're having fun, buddy. What's the next? What's the next? <laughs> What's the next party? What's going yeah. on, right? What's the next? And she really sat us down. And this is one of my professors. Her name is Dr. Laura Hart. Um, she's well known around the world for, for um, her teachings. And she said, no, so what are you going to do next? And I remember all my friends in the close proximity of me. Um, one of my friends, Gamma, he said, well, you know, I want to start my own online university. Whereas okay. people in Venezuela, they could log in. And they could still get a good quality education. So if they ever do come to the United States, they could actually compare to everybody else. Then I had another, I had another classmate who was from Cuba. And she said, you know what? I want to open up my own cigar company. Cuba, just, oh, Cuba, Cuba is talking about opening up their borders and opening up their doors. I want to open up my own cigar company where we could ship Cuban cigars all around the world. I want to name it Tres Hermanas, her and her three sisters. Three, okay, okay. So, um, so I was like, wow, that's good. And then I had Kanan. Kanan was like, I want to start my own ride-sharing services. And these were the people who I was surrounded with. Right. Then they turned around and they said, well, what do you want to do? do? <laughs> the most scariest question I think I've ever had to face in life. Because I wasn't prepared for it. I just truly didn't know what I was going to do when I was done. And I knew that my father had a shipping company, so I just was like, well, maybe I could work for his shipping company, but I knew that I had to come. Be I had to come better than that. Yeah. I couldn't tell people yeah. that this is what I wanted to do. So I remember avoiding the question until we had next class. The next class, we had to write. We had to write a whole paper on what we wanted to do when we were done with college. So uh, the, the the teacher asked you guys to do that. Yes, the teacher okay. asked that. Okay. So it, it started channeling our thinking on what's going to happen when we're done with this level of life. Um, but the next class, I remember coming back in, and I was like, you know. This is what I want to do. And at that time, it was actually a fresh vegetable, fruit and vegetable, local fruit and vegetable market. Right. Um, whereas we would go to all the islands. We'd do a pop-up tent on every single island, one day out of every week, and we would collect all their fruits, vegetables, resources, come back and resell it here in the Bahamas, or sell it, resell it here in Nassau, mm. um, which was a really good concept, but I just never really was a farmer. <laughs> And that was just a whole different ball game for me. And, you know, I had my dad who backed it. My dad loves this idea. He's an island man. Um, so he, he loved this idea. And he's like, no, man, you could do this. You could do this. You could do this. I said, man, daddy, if I got to be in Andres, sure, for, Andres for five hours <laughs> driving for just from North Andres, just to Fresh Creek, daddy, I that know if that's what I want to do. That's not going to work. <laughs> so I had to, I, I, I had to figure out a different business to start when I really wanted to start a business. But... At that moment, I knew that I wanted to start a business. I didn't know which business, but I knew that I had to be on the same level as my classmates and my colleagues. So you would say exposure. Exposure is key. People talk about education. I think education is important, but education isn't a lot when you don't have exposure. I think that's one thing that a lot of Bahamians actually lack in because we stay on this island, especially here now. So and we be the smartest book yeah. people sometimes. Oh, yeah. 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 But it's not until you start to travel and see other cultures, see different people, see where their mind is at, is mm -hmm. at, and then you realize that maybe the Bahamas isn't the world, you know? Yeah. You, 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 you start to see things different. Your businesses, you start to see different. So when you come back home, and I find, again, like you said, you come back home now because now you had that fire ignited mm -hmm. in you, and you want to do something, so you say, let's mm -hmm. start this off. So 
just that exposure alone, I think that was your that was your turning point. Then. That really was because from since that moment, I knew I wanted to do something on my own. So even when I started working for Enterprise after that, right. while working for them and running their business, I it was always in the back of my mind that I'm going to do something else. I'm going to work for myself. And I remember sitting to the table and I was talking to my manager and I just was so tired of Enterprise. And I was like, I, I'm ready to go home. And she's like, girl, what you going back home to your little to island what? to do? To do what? Your little island, so small. What you, what you going to go do? I felt so offended. Like, I'll never forget. I felt so offended. I was like, I'm going to sell popsicles. Right. And she said, what? Popsicles? I was like, yes. I said, where I live, it's always hot. Right. So I'm going to sell popsicles. I said, not just any popsicles, but they're going to be local food popsicles. So that way that the local people could still be able to benefit off of my business as well. And I remember she laughed at me, but I'll never remember, I'll never forget the fear in her eyes when she found out that I resigned. <laughs> she's like, what? It's like she's seen a ghost. She's like, this girl was serious. You were serious about that? She was serious. I you joking. Yeah, and she, she actually just came down here two years ago and she was... <clears throat> She was looking around, and she's like, she said, you really are selling popsicles. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I sure am. I said, you know, some of our contracts are Atlantis, Bahama, and she's like, the Atlantis Resort? I said, yeah, yeah. popsicles, right? <laughs> so, so you actually have an origin story, because you always hear the story where someone laughed at you. You, always, told, them your, you told them your dream, and everybody like, laughed. what, who could do that? Charlie, yeah. better go back. <laughs> Yeah, everybody. But that was fuel to my fire. Exactly. That was like the biggest fuel. And I was like, I'm going to show people that you could make the simplest thing and right. still make money off of it. So let's talk about that part right there. Because um, I usually have people come to me and talk about doing business. And I always ask them, who did you tell? And I, I don't think they really understand what I'm asking them. Who did you tell your, your, your dream to? Mm-hmm. And the reason why I tell them, well, go back to your family and tell them what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And they're very reluctant. And I, find, I found that the reason why, at least to tell them, the reason why I tell them to do that, you need that initial rejection. Mm-hmm. That's his drive. Yes. That, is a, that either is going to make or break you. Mm-hmm. So if your family, because your family, you can't really expect most of your family to support you. Mm-hmm. Most of them will laugh at you. Your friends will be like, scoff at you behind your back. My mommy still brings me the classifieds, you know? <laughs> we sell popsicles at Atlantis where she's worked for 30 years and she still brings me the classifieds and I can tell you it never stops. Never stops. Oh. I'll, I'll be 50 and she'll still be dropping that classifieds so, by my door. You know, this, they have a position open. Yeah, but she's telling me the WhatsApps. Did you hear about the new position? <laughs> no, mommy. Stop sending me these. So, so I think that's the part where, which is why I tell people to do that. Right, because you have to find out if this is going to make or break you. Mm-hmm. If you could handle that, that rejection from your family, mm-hmm. yeah, you 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 you're on you your way. Yeah. You definitely are on your mm-hmm. way. So now that you're back and you got your your store open, mm-hmm. that first struggle to get your sale. Um, How was that? Was it a struggle? Not not really. My first sale was actually the the most easiest sale I ever had. What? Had believe it or not, um, because I had a cousin that believed in me. Okay. And okay. I have that this cousin. Um, her name is Noelle. She's really she's really supportive in a bossy way. <laughs> like I, 
Now I can give you this $50 and this for some popsicles. Now bring it to my work. Okay. No yeah, problem. just do it that way. Yeah. Okay, okay. No I, know worries. The, I know the type. I know the type. Yeah, and um, she had worked her bank out life for key and she said, you know, I want to try them out. So I'll give, give me $50 worth. Right. And um, I had remember I wasn't ready to be a business person yet. So me and some of my friends on the same day that I was supposed to deliver them, we had decided that we wanted to go to Rose Island. Okay. <laughs> Right? I wasn't, I wasn't ready for entrepreneurship yet, right? <laughs> and I'm sitting on Rose Island. I say, well, hey, this is just my cousin. She yeah, really need these, right? She's serious for this game. Yeah, Man, it's I'm like as soon as that. I took my, bo- my foot off the boat and into the sand, I got a message saying, so where's my popsicles? I was like, I can't um, bring them tomorrow away. And I remember her just going off. And she's like, no, this isn't for me. If you're starting a business, you need to know how to do it correctly. If you promise somebody, <laughs> set realistic expectations. If you can't do it, say this you can't up. do it. Yeah, say you can't do it. Don't have people expecting. And I remember telling the boat driver to bring me back to Nassau. Yeah. So that I could drive those popsicles from Yamakura all the way with Life of Key and pray throughout all of that. They still stay frozen, <laughs> right? Um, but they got there. They got there in one piece, and she was able to enjoy them. That was my first $50. Right. And that was my first sale. How did that feel? Um, it, it felt amazing, um, but stressful. But I could have made it a whole lot more easier yeah. if I knew the tricks of the trade. Yeah. But um, after, being an entre- after being an entrepreneur for four years, I learned when it's time to move, you've got to move. And that's something that, you, like I say, you're not, you're not going to learn that in no school. No. I don't care if you go to college or whatever. They're not going to teach you that. Mm-hmm. This is something you actually just get out there and do. Yeah. You know, um, when someone makes that call. And uh, actually, let, let's, let's jump to that right now. Because there's mm-hmm. something quite interesting that I'm, I was talking to another friend of mine. Mm-hmm. Being the 24, 24-hour store. And what I mean by that, um, I guess I need to stop being so general in my terms. But when I say the mm-hmm. 24-hour store, social media. Oh, man. People let me, let me will you. call you and message you 10 Listen. o'clock at night. Oh, midnight. Trust me. <laughs> I have the calls coming in. And I thought this is the most recent call. Um, I had just put a Facebook ad out. Right. Um, and it was midnight. And my phone rang. I only have one phone number now. Before, I used to have a business number and a and personal how, number. Right. But then I realized I was only using one number. Two bills, one number. I might yeah. as well just condense yeah. it. Um, and my phone rang at 12, 12, 12 o'clock midnight. So I answered the phone. Hello. You know, not not anything like business related. Because it couldn't be a business call at midnight. Then, not in my wildest dreams would it be a business call. And I heard, y'all have any sour sub pop? I was like, hello. <laughs> and she was like, I hear, scroll, I hear laying in bed scrolling through Facebook. Yeah. And I see this sour sub pop. You all have this? Yeah. And I really wanted to say, ma'am, see this interests you this much at midnight? But I, I couldn't lose the business. Right. So I said, yes, we do. We have loads. How could I deliver them to you? And she said, hold on. Let me wake my husband up to see how much he wants. See? I say, so nowhere in this woman's mind did it dawn on her that it is too late to make a call like no. this. But... No. um. That's Facebook. When you are yeah. social media, like you say, it's 24-7. And plenty of times I was not in the right position to answer the phone. And sometimes it's, hi, how you doing? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, what I, that's a concept I was talking with a few of my friends about. I'm saying, have you guys experienced that? Where people calling you at odd hours, calling you on holidays, calling you when you're home or where with mm-hmm. your family. They will call you. They don't care. So, we, we had an argument. And I said, you know what? Hold on, though. That's your customer mm-hmm. they facebook doesn't it's not going to close nope 
So they're gonna see your business because now your business is up there and it's open twenty four seven. How are you gonna deal with that? And I told him, I said, you know what? I need you to think about this because this is where the future is going. If you're gonna be posting on Instagram and Facebook, even tweeting or whatever you're gonna be doing, you gotta realize that people are gonna read that at, at odd hours. Mm-hmm. You need to find a contingency for that. And if you can't respond, find an app that can respond Thank you. for you. They're exact, and I found that Facebook actually did that. They have when you when you send a message, you know, you could send get a message an automatic back, message back right, there, something like that, just to let them know, hey, we got your message. Let me check it. Mm-hmm. And then now, instead of because you know people use their mobile devices more than that, desktops or computers, yep. mm-hmm. so you can get a, a message saying, hey, someone messaged you. Mm-hmm. Now, what are you going to do when you get that message? Mm-hmm. That's the that's the future of business. And Facebook shows you when shows the customer when you see when the message. When you see it, exactly. So, he, so your eagerness is going to make you want to see what the customer has to say, <laughs> but your tiredness might make you not want to respond right now. So it's a fun, yes, it's a funny situation because then now, if you put yourself in that customer's shoes, like I said, a lady called you at 12 o'clock, she's just thinking and she's saying, man, I want she some sour She just laid sour. back, yeah. I just want some of this right now. <laughs> if you had not answered, you know she's going to be cussing you, right? Yeah, she would have been upset. She would have been like, this ain't no real business. <laughs> you were serious? This is just, this, this girl ain't serious about making money. I call her midnight for some sour 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 She ain't call me. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's difficult because, like I said, I, I went through that as well. And I just mm-hmm. wondered how many people are actually experiencing this right now, especially in the Bahamas. They know? do it for popsicles, don't and worry. See? Yeah. Exactly my point. So you have to deal with it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, I, think, I think the answer to it, and you can tell me how you feel about it, there's a statement that is going around, and I don't think people actually understand what they say. Someone is trying to figure out how to monetize your laziness. Mm-hmm. And the meaning of that is that if you don't want to get up out of bed to drive to that store. Someone else will. Thank you. Yeah, someone else will, believe it or Thank not. Thank you. Someone else will sit there and look at you not getting up. Thank you. And saying, if I get up, mm-hmm. I could live the life that he lives. Or exactly. better, Or even way better. So I completely so understand. You, so it's a lot. It's, it's, it's not easy. Yep. It's, diff- it's, it's not easy. That's the best way you can put it. Mm-hmm. But I want to ask you some weird questions here as we go on to this, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I want you to think about this. Um, just off the cuff, just to see where you are. I am so nervous. Off the cuff. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> All right, let's start with the easiest one then. Okay. Because um, you mentioned a few persons you talked about, especially when you got enterprise and your teacher mm-hmm. and things like mm-hmm. that. But who... Would you consider that you look up to as a mentor or someone that you, um, their lifestyle, the way they live? It doesn't have to be a, a business or an entrepreneur, just someone that you look up to. Who do you, who's that in your life? Mm. It's a difficult question, I know. It has to be somebody that I'm personally connected with? No. Just something about the, the, the concept, the character, whatever it is. I've had people actually called cartoon characters by the way just saying you um or is there more than one i can say there's a few that i pull from like i pull different as different things or different qualities or characteristics from um but most of all i admire a humble person Mm -hmm. humble but driven Mm -hmm. at the same time um Successful and hardworking, and a lot of people fall into that category. Yeah. I can't just single them out. Um, like you say, I have my manager who taught me how to work hard. Because I remember plenty of times at Enterprise, I was like, forget this. <laughs> like, wash car? 
Like, I'm what not washing no car. <laughs> and she'd get out there and she'd start washing the cars. Right. And she'd, like, say, we don't have time to complain about this. We either get, a, we either get out or, or go home. Exactly. And she would, ta- she would teach me how to work hard. And then um, you just have so much people who show me the possibilities of just going out there and doing things on your own. My mom, she's such a strong fighter. Right. Like. Um, I always call her the Conky Joe gangster because she's just so strong, right? Um, there's so many people who I could say I admire and look up to, but definitely when it comes to entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. one of the people who I look up to is someone called Felicia Hatcher. She's okay. one of the first people to actually even start making gourmet popsicles. Um, when I found out about her, her story is just so similar to mine. And right. Creating a, creating a product out of nothing and actually marketing it, branding it, and creating a concept yeah. she did the same thing that i was able to do here which i really look up to and it's good to pull on these things because these these um how should i say not personalities these traits mm-hmm. what, it, what happens is that because you admire them you soon replicate up, them exactly I agree. so someone else will be saying the same thing about you mm-hmm. hopefully <laughs> so what are the three most important things to you in your life um Spirituality mm-hmm. is one, cause that that that's peace. That brings peace. That mm-hmm. brings peace of mind. Peace of comfort. mind, grounding, yeah. um, everything. My family is most important, and I would say probably third is my business. Business. So you just answered the same way that most entrepreneurs do answer. Good stuff. And family is usually right there on the top list. Yeah. For some reason, you need that because we. Even though we want to make money, we make money because we want to do things with it to, to help our family. And take care of the family, agreed. So, and that's, that's just the key, ladies and gentlemen. The key that um, business people and entrepreneurs are not evil people. We, we do this because we want to help ourselves and our family. Mm-hmm. And, and by that extension, the community, wherever we can. But you can't do that if you're broke. That's true. <laughs> That is true. So, <laughs> That's true. Spot on. You know, you mad, I mad because we don't have no money. You can't help each other. That don't mm-hmm. make no sense. Someone mm-hmm. got to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, some. Yeah, so that's that's something that I find that a lot of entrepreneurs actually bring up. And just a weird question before we continue. Another one. Yes. <laughs> if you could have any superpower in the world, what would it be? Um. If I could fly, how long could I fly for? Uh, how, however you want a superpower to work. However you want a superpower to be. And tell me why. What about it? Um, I want to be invisible. Okay. But <laughs> um, I said to read people's mind. Hmm. Because the key to entrepreneurship is knowing how people think. Yeah. And knowing people's desires and all of that. So I definitely say to read people's mind, because if I could read everybody's mind, I think I'd be the richest person in the world. I'll solve their problems. You know, there was a, there was a, a show, The Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the old one. There's a new one that's being rebooted. But I think it's that's an Shapiro. old show. Yeah, very old. I think I, I could I even remember that. that. I came on like USA yeah, or TNT or something. Black and white stuff. <laughs> there was this one I remember in particular. Uh, this guy was walking, he threw a coin or whatever to buy a newspaper, and it landed on its edge. Mm-hmm. And through that entire day, he was able to read it out of everyone's mind. Mm. He, it drove him mad. Really? It drove him mad. There are other movies that are like that, too. <laughs> um, I remember this one with this guy. He got into an elevator, and the people in the elevator just started, their minds just started going, and he was just going crazy. Um, 
And how do you shut it off? That's the thing. You can't, right? you can't shut it off because they're not saying anything, but people think things in their thoughts that they won't say out loud. And it's, I, so, I can, I, trust me, the things that people say out loud exhaust me. Yeah, so geez. I can't even imagine. imagine what's going on in their mind. <laughs> so yeah, that's the interesting power, though, to mm-hmm. read persons. I think once you could control it, it's I think, a, yeah, I think it'll be better that way. So let's talk about your business now. Let's talk okay. about your product. Pop Stop. You sell gourmet popsicles. What is gourmet? gourmet what, what is that? What is hand? Well, handcrafted, we understand that. But mm-hmm. what is a gourmet popsicle? A popsicle is a popsicle, isn't it? Not really. A popsicle could be juice, just Kool-Aid mixed, and okay. you put a stick like in a it. Like a baggy, 10 cent bag, but that's yeah. my age. So it's like you could, have, you could go in the store and you could buy regular Kraft Singles cheese. Yeah. Or you could have gourmet cheese. Hell yeah. Cheese that's a little bit more... Prepared with a little bit more love, with a little bit more distinction, right. and it actually targets uh, a certain certain people with a certain yeah, yeah with a certain taste. Mm-hmm. So, what makes it gourmet, though? I would say gourmet is the way we make it gourmet is the handcraftedness in it and the specialization of it. It would make it gourmet. And you prepare, like you say, you use fresh fruits. One hundred percent fresh fruits. Locally sourced. Most of, for the most part, they're locally sourced. Mm-hmm. We're big with using fruits within season. So right now we have a Makes tamarind sense. pop that is amazing, phenomenal. Um, we also have sour sap, sugar apple. So anything locally grown, mm-hmm. if you could pick it, we could pop it. <laughs> <laughs> you could pick it, we could pop it. That's interesting. I kind of like that. So you found a way to actually get that done, which is make make it gourmet. And I, I see that your your marketing. Your social media posts, you know, you have persons eating your popsicles so mm-hmm. and they really enjoy it. And I've tried them a few times mm-hmm. whenever I see you anywhere. So I know I know the taste of it. Mm-hmm. And it does have a distinct flavor. It doesn't taste sugary like, you know, like most popsicles you buy out of the store. You know they put like a ton of sugar in this yep. thing. Syrup. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you get like a bit of a sugar rush from these mm-hmm. things. But eating your thing, your, your pops, it still has a sweet taste, but it's still close to whatever fruit you use. Yeah. So I guess that's something that you, you've put together, and I, um, I advise anyone who has not tried that, <laughs> um, get, check it out. Trust me on that. And I noticed that you go to a lot of pop-up markets or even like things that go on. So you can find mm-hmm. pretty much at any one of these. Yep. Do you have any place that is stationary? Yeah, so we actually have our manufacturing location. We call it our Pop Lab. Okay. Um, it's actually on Soldier Road in between NCA's Corner and Abundant Life. It's across from Jap Auto. Okay, um, yes, It's yes. a white white building, trimmed with purple, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't opened up to the public as yet because okay. we're, we're still a manufacturing location. Ah, but we are going right. to have a location. We are going to have our front doors open, hopefully by August, where you can come in and you can pick any of our sweets or treats. Right. We're going to have loads more things, way more than just popsicles. We're going to have a lot more handcrafted items, good, good. locally handcrafted items to actually include as well. So if that's the manufacturing plan, so where else can you go? Where else can people go to um, you can also find us at Incudes, um, at the at, Chesapeake Grove. Yeah, at Healthy Concepts, yeah. the food area in at Incudes. Okay. You can find us at Adastra Gardens. Awesome. You could also find us at the candy store in the Marina Village. You could also find us at NRG. Um, and if you check our Facebook page, we have all of the locations that we're retailing through. We're Great. still looking for more retailers as well. And, you know, summer's time, it's, it's the summertime, the weather is fine. Mm-hmm. We can pop right up <laughs> whenever you need us. So do you provide, this is for the retailers now, do you provide uh, a refrigerator or do they need their own refrigerating? 
So we do not provide a freezer. Okay. Um, the re most retailers, most large retailers, they already have right. freezers that are provided by Fun Foods. Okay. Um, they can make the decision to add it in there. Add it in there. But if we do provide a freezer, that retailer would have to guarantee us a certain volume of sales per month. Makes sense. Definitely, that's just doing business. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Makes yeah. sense that way. So did you find it difficult that persons um, wanted to carry your product, or did you, was it that you had to put in the leg work, go out there and start knocking on doors? Oh, well, I think with any product, you have to go out there and knock on doors. If you want your business out there, you have to be aggressive. Yeah. Um, a lot of the retailers that we do have now, a lot of them have reached out to us uh, rather that than us good. reaching out to them. That is um, good. So it was a little bit more organic. A lot of the people who I felt as we as on, as me as an entrepreneur reached out to, we had to do a lot of following up with, and not exactly the time you get the deal, but the ones that we have now that have stuck on with us during this time are some of the ones that have actually reached out, out to, to us. Right. And that's a big part of branding as well. So yeah. if you have a good brand, people find you. That is actually really good. So you're manufacturing, you have your place there on Soldier Road, you're going to be opening up your store pretty soon there and you're going to be offering new products. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about those products right now, or the secret? you want to just roll them out slowly? I want to roll them out slowly um, because they're, they're just as new and as and, and exciting as popsicles are. Right. So um, I want to give them time to create a space for themselves okay. before um, we let it out. And, you know, just like the phone card industry, first it was yeah. one guy on one corner, then you had three guys <laughs> on the same corner selling the same phone card, and it's like, oh, gosh, <laughs> creativity lacking. <laughs> you making money, you can make that too. Yeah, and then you realize, okay, well, now we're all fighting for one dollar. That's right, exactly. <laughs> all right, that's cool. So on the product side again, um, how do you come up with your ideas? Is it that, like you say, you're talking about seasonal fruits, mm -hmm. things that you get locally. But what, why, how would you even know mm -hmm. that this can work as a pop? Believe it or not, I don't know. Sometimes, um, you know, I'll sometimes you'll be like, I just got a message from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> like some mornings this I'll wake work. up. Yeah, some mornings I'll wake up and I'll be like, Pineapple and basil. That makes sense. I could do a pineapple and basil popsicle. <laughs> and then I'll make it, it and then I'll be like, man, Tish, you got it. Yeah, you got yeah, it. Yeah, okay, um, the okay. other day, we actually, the other day, um, I, we made a new flavor and okay. I tasted it. Um, I think it was the hog plum flavor. Okay. Um, this, this year was the first year we've ever made hog plum popsicles. Um, and I sounds very intensive to make this hog It is plum. very intensive. Okay. Um, that's why a lot of people won't think of yeah, hog plum that. popsicle because the amount of work put into it and it is a lot of work. But what you get out of it. Right. Man, Rashad, when I tell you I surprise myself every time I go in that pop lab, <laughs> I always walk out popping my collar like, mm, uh -huh. I did it. I got this. I got this. bad. Yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> so product development is something very interesting. And a lot of businesses I find do not spend time developing products. Mm -hmm. In other words, testing and trying and see what works, what doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Do you, like you say, you just wake up, you, you get a word from the Holy Spirit that night. You say, okay, let's try this. Let's get let's it popping. Yeah. Because... Which is good, which makes you more innovative. Because mm -hmm. if you find that, oh, I, well, I have five good flavors. We're going to stick with these five. Mm -hmm. Sooner or later, you're going to get bored of that. Yeah, people will get tired of those same flavors. So that's why you always have to, as entrepreneurs, you have to come try to reinvent yourself as much as possible in ways that still go with your brand. Yeah. Because after a while, people are going to get tired of the same thing over and over again. They're going to get tired of the same mango. They're going to get tired of these yeah, same mango other things. last week. I didn't try that. I didn't yes. try all your stuff. Definitely. new. So to stay new. That's and the and voice. Definitely, right? <laughs> to stay new and to stay popping is always so important for yeah. me is to stay popping. Good. So how do I keep pop stop popping? And it's by finding 
new things that people will be interested in trying. People love to eat. Yes. And if you could, there's so many things that you could do just in the food arena. Mm-hmm. So just with popsicles, I just try to find more ways to be creative. How can I add a little bit more to this? Yeah. Can I add a little bit of liquor? Can right. I take some liquor out? Right. Um, can I take the sugar out? Um, can I just do certain fruits only for babies? How about dogs? Right. We have dog pops as well. Okay. That we could pop Didn't them to that. the dog show and... We could get a pop for you and your dog. Right. So there's so many things that we could pop. We could make marijuana pops. We could there make we pop tails. Like, there we go. <laughs> there's no stopping to our popping. Yeah. So um, I just keep that same attitude every time I go in a pop lab that there's if, if you could pick it, we could pop it. No matter where you're picking it from, we've popped birthday cakes. Okay. We have a guava duff popsicle with a fresh chunk of guava duff in the middle of the popsicle okay so there's so many things that we could do and it's just not limiting the creativity and i even have employees if they come in and they say well kentisha i feel like you should do this i'll do it just for them okay let's I'll, try it yeah, yeah. You, you mix the batter today you mix the batch today and mm-hmm. you do everything we'll bag it and we'll sell it to our next location let's see how it goes and a lot of the times there's some of my young girls so they if they came up with this creation they sell it to the location and they say well we sold 40 pops for this amount of money right that's something you did on your own i didn't help you exactly. do that i just gave you the sticks yes but you created that money on your own so it's just empowering them continuously as well which while is awesome. popping. Which is really, really awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so product, <clears throat> I find that you're very diverse with your products, which is very good. You always have to be changing and coming up with something new and pushing something different to your clientele. Like you say, you're, you're coming up with new things. Mm-hmm. Now, um, a part I want to actually talk about being a food vendor, mm-hmm. technically a food vendor, because something that you do in Jess. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the legality behind that? Um, you need a food handler's license. Okay. Um, that's number one. And normally, they, the Ministry of Environmental Health comes and checks out the location that you're preparing the food. Yes. Um, normally. Why but you, okay, why are we saying normally? So sometimes they don't or sometimes they just like... I've heard stories of them not having to do it and right. people still getting there. Their oh, license. Okay. So I guess. Backdoor. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. So you know, they're supposed to come out and check out your location to make sure right. it's sanitary and right. healthy and stuff like that. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, how do you now your process? When I say your process, um, your checks and balances to make sure that the right ingredients are going in. Do you consider people with allergies? Do you have a, a marking on your label to say that um, this has I, I think you mentioned before your, your lactose intolerance. You're not mm-hmm. going to see much milk inside that. Mm-hmm. Unless it's coconut milk. So everything is from the trees. So even with that, with coconut milk, because some people are, I find, it was so amazing. I find that people have some weird allergies. Mm, you be, remember Ava? Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So how do you deal with that as well? Is um, that something that you have to deal with? What we do is we make sure that all of our flavors are clear and all of the fruits are clear. Okay. Um, depending on the location and the setup that we have. So if we're wholesaling to someplace like Adastra Gardens, we have labels, and our labels um, specify every single fruit that is in the popsicle. Okay. So therefore, if you don't, if you're allergic to pineapples, on the Junkanoo Pop, it has that there's pineapple in it. So the same mango, go. pineapple, passion fruit, and all of those other things, because, you know, working with tourists, there's anything can yes. happen. <laughs> and I can't afford anything to happen. There we go. So I made sure that, and even to locations like that, we have menus that we post up 
to whereas you could even if without the label you could still look at the menu and see which fruits are involved when right. we go to pop-up locations we don't put labels on them but we do have a menu at the front of every single location where customers can say well oh i don't really like pineapple right. i don't really exactly. like this and our sanitation um processes are very to the T, mm-hmm. um, because I understand that some people could be allergic to pineapple, some people could be allergic to kiwi, yes. and a lot of our customer base are actually young kids who have a lot of these allergies. allergies. We so go. we want to make sure that everything is wiped down, cleaned down. Um, the location that we're in now was actually a cleaning center before. Right. It was a cleaning company before, so we have loads of sanitizing products, which I don't have to buy, which is good. <laughs> um, which, which is really good for this. So uh, we're able to sanitize all the tables, all the utensils, and we don't have to worry about cross-contamination with different fruits. And we still could keep okay. everything fresh, and we don't freeze anything until it goes into the popsicle. Okay, good. So it's made fresh, and then you freeze it. 100%. Good. We've realized that fruits don't are not the same once they're already frozen. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that is true. Yeah. It tastes a bit different. So that's really awesome. So your legality is down to the point. So, look okay, here, if you don't read, you, mm-hmm. you're covering yourself because you have it there on the label. Definitely. So you have it someplace so that you can know what this was inside this mm-hmm. popsicle. And when we started doing business with Atlantis, we were required to actually get liability insurance as well. I was about to get to that part as well. Yeah. Because um, with food... Mm-hmm. No matter what, there is always going to be someone who's going to claim something. Yeah, there's always going to be a risk, especially yeah. when you're in a tourist environment, mm. when maybe they're looking for something to yes. to get them sick or looking <laughs> for something to happen so that they could get money maybe from their cruise ship. And their cruise right. ship will say, well, I'm not responsible for it. That's it's this right. little company. Exactly. And then I'm in the, in, in the wind. So I always try to make sure everything's clear. We also have liability insurance that we needed to do big business. Yeah. And that's something, yeah, I'm glad you said that. You actually mentioned that, like you say, with big business situations, when you have to deal with, especially dealing with the cruise ship, uh, they do, do require you to have insurance. If you have any type of business, I think, with food, you should have liability yeah. insurance. Anything that can potentially harm your client, your customer, you should have that insurance. Even if you think that, you know what, I don't have nothing, just to be safe. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good idea to go and do it and pay for that up front as soon mm-hmm. as possible because you never know when something is going to happen. Something could happen because you, know? you could be the cleanest person, but that one time you step out, exactly. your employee might do something and exactly. that's your entire business. So, yeah, so that's very important. And I find that people always say, oh, you know what, I'll, I'll do that later. Oh, I'm not going to worry, but mm-hmm. I'll do that later. No, you need to do that now. Definitely. You need to find a way to get that as soon as possible mm-hmm. because, like I say, like you said, one little you turn your back for one second and something happened and someone eat that exact same. And it's it actually, your fault. Um, <laughs> geez, my mind just is running right now. Mm-hmm. The, the movie The Hulk with Edward Norton. Remember, he was working in the bottle factory and he was fighting as the Hulk and a little drop of blood fell in this one bottle. Mm-hmm. And it so happened to go to this one old guy who was um, oh, Stanley. Oh, wow, yeah. So, you know, like mm-hmm. just that one person, that mm-hmm. one thing that could happen. So, yeah, yeah. You get your liability insurance. Make sure that you're safe. Protect yourself and protect your business mm-hmm. while at the same time. Mm-hmm. Now, let's talk about systems inside your business. When I say systems, like how do you have your systems for selling your, your props? Like what is your spiel on let's say your sour sop. I come to your booth. What is this? Well, you know, all of our products are local and um, because of all, because of the local products that we have, we don't really even need to spill so much. True. Once people know about our brand or once we tell them that we source locally, mm-hmm. that's that's basically it. People love local products. You know, I find that very interesting. <laughs> Again, the same week we're talking about that, um, people are asking about well, why do you do certain things or or 
why is it such a good time to start a business? Because people like handmade, locally made they products. Do. They do. You know? Um, you find that now, if you could, if your brand, and I want to talk about that for a second, because I, I know a lot of people hear this word brand, and they're very different definitions of the word brand. Mm -hmm. So your brand is pop stop. Explain to me what you mean by brand. I mean the overall feel of what pop stop brings for you, the taste, the the taste, the feel when you see the when you see the name pop stop. Right. I want you to feel cool. I want you to know that you're you're choosing the coolest company wherever in town. Mm -hmm. um, you're using local products, fresh products that are purchased locally. That's why we take pride in popping up to farmers markets because a lot of the time right, some right, of the fruits right, and vegetables right. that we buy, we buy right from those same farmers. So we want to be in the same community with them as well. Um, we pop up at the Agafest because that's when all mm -hmm. the farmers come together. Um, so we just keep it popping with local stuff. So you would say your brand is more, like you say, um, if I hear the word pops up, I know off the top of my mind this is going to be fresh fruits inside of a cool popsicle with mm -hmm. um, a distinct taste. Not so much sugary made with white cane sugar, but some, sweetened some up. Yeah. So that brand and, and that image comes into my mind when I hear pops up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because I'm, I'm just thinking for myself right now. Just seeing you when you're special out to the, the different events. And people who come up to you, they know exactly what you stand for. Mm -hmm. So, because um, this word brand becomes very, very uh, blurred, mm -hmm. where people think that, oh, your logo is your brand. It's more, it's, it's kind of more like how people see you. Yes. So not how you see yourself or how you want to be, it's how uh, people see you. That is so important. How mm -hmm. do people see you? Yeah. You know? And I find that a lot of people mis have a misconception of that. Mm -hmm. Oh, we want to be seen as this and this and that. No, that doesn't mean people are going to see you see that you way. See you like that, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, are you, are you projecting that? Like, mm -hmm. the way you dress, the way you act, the way you talk, All the way your that. booth. Everything should reflect Definitely what you're Definitely the way your booth about. looks. Yes. Um, we've, uh, I, I see that time and time again at these different events. I mm -hmm. mean, your brand is who you are. So if your booth only have one little cardboard sign that you just find, <laughs> found that that depicts what they're going to get in the food or what they're going to get in the product or what they're possibly going to get in the service. Um, so just displaying your brand is most important. Yes. The feel, the taste, everything included. Even to the colors, I mean. Yep. Um, colors make you feel a certain kind of way. Yes. Mm -hmm. color, color science is a real thing. Yep. So people have to make, actually, you should study that. Mm -hmm. Study the color wheel. Um, study the science of color and what it actually means. Mm -hmm. So when you put these colors in your logo, it's saying something. Does that line up with what you want mm -hmm. your, your brand to be? And then you have to actually exude that, you know. So branding, I find, I think if you do a whole class on branding, we could talk yeah. all day on that because mm -hmm. there's so many people I find are doing it incorrectly. And it's so you know? important. I, yes. think, I think locally... Um, locally, we fall off so easily on Why branding. I don't know. I think because we get so hyped up. I realize the Bahamans, they just want to say that they're an entrepreneur yeah. and that they have their sounds own business. Good. It sounds so good, <laughs> but what are you really doing? How are you growing this business? Like, what are you really doing? They just want to show up and say, yeah, man, I get my own. Yeah, I'm working on my own thing. And it's like, what are you doing? Um, so they don't incorporate a brand in it. Right. Um, I was telling someone this weekend because we had happened to pop up to another location where there was another um, popsicle person there. And they were asking, you know, your booth is crowded. What happened? Yeah, what right. happened? You don't have no competition out here. And I had mentioned, I said, you know, I didn't copy this. 
I created this. Right. And that's what helped me build my brand to this point. I didn't just say, hey, I see someone selling popsicles. I want to sell popsicles too. So let me um, print out a sign offline and just post it here. Right. No, I had to take time. I had to sweat. And I had to say, what will people, what will people really love about me and my brand and my popsicles? And what do people really love? And I had to create that. Mm-hmm. And when you're when creating a brand, you have the ability to handcraft exactly how you want people to see you. Yeah, because when someone sees your booth or they see your 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 Facebook page, your your business card, whatever, is a three second window that the brain is trying to figure out if what they you want do. It or not. Yeah. yeah, it's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. So if you miss the mark, I walk right past you with your money. <laughs> exactly. And you know, I need you to stop here with that money. <laughs> hi, hi. And <laughs> what's so crazy is, uh, as a part of my brand, I actually have an employee that actually to these events. Uh-huh. She stands out and she brings people Bring in. Bring people into it. Because exactly. it helps with the branding as well. Because we yeah. want you to feel comfortable. We don't want to feel make you feel like you're forced to come here. Right. That's true. That's really, really good. And this branding part all, all falls into communications. or actually your marketing and advertising um, of your product, of your company, of your beliefs, of your whatever backs you as a company. And what I found this over the past few years, because um, I've changed my marketing a lot to reflect... A concept. Mm-hmm. And when I say a concept, um, the concept is, is like, I think Simon Sinek says it the best. Um, I love him. Yeah. You know, he talks about the groups or the tribes. Mm-hmm. People like us do things like this. And because not everybody is your customer. Mm-mm. But if you like to be feeling cool, you like mm-hmm. popsicles, you like the sweet taste, you want something, like you like, even if you like ice cream, anything along those lines, you're a part of this tribe. Mm-hmm. And so your, your branding, your marketing, your advertising is all to them, mm-hmm. you know? So I found that when I, for my business, when I changed it around to only include persons who do this, I find that sales went up. Mm-hmm. Because you weren't wasting time. There we go. You were so agreed. I, oh, I agree with you. Um, what is so, I teach about market size mm-hmm. and um, also not getting lost in what's not your market. Um, when I teach the BTV, I, I, I spend two weeks on target market right. for the reason that we don't know. A lot of us start a business, we really do not know who our who market is. is. No. And a lot of people say, well, you selling popsicles. That means everybody is your market. No, no, no. No, no. We have but uh, we have the 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 little juice twenty five cents pops, mm-hmm. and you have a fresh fruit popsicle. Mm-hmm. You have the little um scoop of little ice cream, or you have pulpy. Mm-hmm. There are levels to this. Um, there are people who could afford the twenty five cents popsicle, but could not afford my three dollars and fifty cents right. popsicle, and that's fine. There's nothing against the person who cannot afford it. It's just they're not my market. That's it. I have to find my market. And I tell my, um, I tell my students every day, I say, I could go and camp road, and I could scream to the top of my lungs. I'm not coming away. Sour sup, mango, tamarind, fresh dragon fruit from Thailand. <laughs> they're not worried about that. No. They cannot afford a $3.50 pop. They have to pay light bill. They have all these other things to pay. They don't care about my sour sup. They, they. But they say you're like a buy two water with that. If you understand, I could buy my children lunch with that yes, tomorrow. Exactly. They think it's something totally different. It's complete. They, they don't even fantasize about, about eating my popsicle. So that's not my that's market. That's not your market, yeah. But once you know your market, you could fit into that niche and capitalize off mm-hmm. of it. So I think in, in entrepreneurship, it's just zero in on exactly who your market is. So which comes first, your product or your market? 
Should you say, let me make this product and figure who likes it? Or should you say, I'm going to make a product for the specific set of people? Um, let me make, well, the, the step that I took mm -hmm. is let me make this product. Somebody's going to buy this. Okay. Um, and then after I, realized who, I, after, after I realized who was buying it, then I said, well, okay. Well, maybe I need to start marketing in these areas. Okay. Maybe I need to start marketing to these persons. Because I, I, when I first started, I felt like everybody was going to love popsicles too, which <laughs> everybody does. But can everybody afford For your popsicle. Exactly. Yeah. No. And I would love to reduce the price. But do you know what it takes to take the seeds out of a tamarind or a guava and to climb the tree? Or so make the hog plum. The, or make the hog <laughs> plum. About that, like, what or the hell? sea grape. Or, oh, yeah. you know, all of those fruits, they take a lot of work to extract the pulp from them. Yeah. So it's a learning experience. And that's actually interesting because when it comes to your market, I usually tell people to do the exact same thing. Do you know what you want to do? They say, yes, I know what I want to do. Then just start it and push it out there. Whoever comes in, it's like um, throwing your net and see what you catch. And what you catch, you now, like you say, you start tailoring it to that. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not catching a big shark, you're catching something else, then you just focus on that. Mm -hmm. So if you're not sure, see what comes in and know that you're going to have to adjust. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the biggest thing. So even in marketing and that, um, how have, have you found how have you found social media so I, far? To I be think social media is a monster of marketing. Um, when I first started my business, the only thing that I used was Facebook. Right. Um, I didn't use I can't afford a newspaper ad, and I definitely cannot afford a radio ad. So the only thing I had was like $5 on uh -huh. my Royal Bank card. And I remember um, doing an ad right before Food Fest about our popsicles. Right. So definitely social media. If you want to advertise, I think social media gets right into the person, your customer's phone. So actually, you know, I believe in that. And I'm trying to figure out now, because I'm running a test right now with um, some other companies I work with. And... The problem I have with radio and TV is I can't, I can't control that. Like, how you can control with Facebook? I wanted to send these exact people. But there are still so many people who listen to radio and TV. Now, the question is... Are those people your market? That's what I'm going to get to right yeah. now. Because there's a, an age group mm -hmm, that, that still listens to the radio. That still listens to the radio and that read the newspaper, the newspaper and yeah. stuff <laughs> like that. So I think even that is a part of, of narrowing down who your market is. Once you cast that net... And you see what comes back. You know, if you end up that 50, 60-year-old who like to read newspaper, then you have no other choice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, now if you get between that, I think it's 24 to 34, well, more like 25 to 35 or something like that, into the 40s, that still use Facebook and Instagram, you can get to them. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people miss that boat. But do you, you know? know people who are, let's say, 15, I would even say 17 and below, mm -hmm. they don't even use Facebook? No. So they don't use a whole Facebook. Different market. Right. Yeah. So again, that's why you have to know where they are. That's when you gotta go on Snapchat or something. Mm -hmm. like or that. Instagram. Right. You have mm -hmm. to know where they are. Mm -hmm. And I think the more you learn about social platforms and the age brackets, and I always tell persons when I when I used to do um, social media marketing, I say, look, yo, the the people who come in here, they're not on Facebook. Yeah. You know, so we don't, don't make don't no sense that. doing don't that. Exactly. That money. Yeah. Don't make don't waste time on mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Go to where they are. Oh, Agreed. I don't understand Snapchat. You need to figure it out because mm -hmm. that's where your, that's your market you is. Agree. Okay. So I think that's something that's worth talking 
But for you, you find that your your crew is mainly what Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, mostly Facebook and Instagram, and also mm. another another really good way to market your product is these pop up markets. Yeah, the pop up markets within themselves okay. are great marketing opportunities because people go to pop up markets to find new things to try and new right. things to do. Now I have a caveat about that. Again, talking out of business entrepreneurs and people who go to these pop up markets. What I found so far, and I can't say conclusively that this is the truth, but food always does better. Because food costs more. So it always seems like it does better. Food costs more. Um, and I see that with my product. Because I have, I, my product is under $5. Right. So it takes, I have to work that much harder to make it to $100. Okay. Um, whereas you could go to a food place and their first product is like $12, $14. Yeah, yeah. So they don't have to work as hard to get to the $100 as I do. And people are always, people always want food. Do, they, do they always want ice cream? Nah. <laughs> do they always want popcorn? Or do they always want like shrimp on a stick? Right. No. They always want something that's going to fill their stomach, especially to certain events. But like when you go to an event like food festival, people right. want to try a little right. bit of They're everything. They're going to try everything. Yeah. yeah. So you, you should choose your pop-up markets carefully then. It's, it's very, very important. And believe mm-hmm. it or not, it takes a lot of experience to even know which pop-up markets to go to. pop for you. Because some of them some of them may not even work out for you as well as yeah. other ones. Because like I say, I had some persons come to me and they brought some horror stories. You oh, know, man. For that same reason. So, so I'm like, but you have to go to them first. To before find you out. Get, right. Yeah. I'm like, did you even go to this before? You realize that they don't sell this type of thing then no one mm-hmm. comes And nobody's going to buy that? Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, so you yeah. l- you actually learn that with the jollifications and stuff like yes. that. When people only come to drink and they're like, where's yes. the free rum? Where's the free rum? And it's like, but it's only $3. Where's the rum? What about it's the rum? for the rum. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I've been, because I've, I've done jollification. I've done wine and art. I've done many different pop-ups. So I mm-hmm. figure out what works and what doesn't work, especially when I was doing more of the, the artwork and photography part of it yeah. and selling them. I find out and where I need to be. And art is a tough sell, too. Very, Yeah, art is very a tough, tough sell, but when they get sold, they get sold. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> That's the beauty. But I learned, I, I, it took me literally um, almost six years mm-hmm. to get this to a science. Wow. It takes time. Yeah. I, I believe it or not, I'm still learning popsicle stuff now, so it takes time. So... Which is so weird because people come up and they see you doing what you're doing and they uh-huh. think it's easy. Oh, oh child, I can do that. I can make popsicles. Yeah. Anybody can make popsicles. It's not about the product. It's not. I mean, we could all make a better burger than Wendy's or, or Burger King. Mm-hmm. But why is it that they're making more than you? The brand. Okay. Yep. So people forget yep. where this thing goes. I hope some people could have this boy. <laughs> so the lastly, last thing, cash flow. Now, when I say cash flow, this is where... This entire podcast is going when we talk about doing business in the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. Banks don't give you loans. It's no hard man. to find yeah. money. It's hard to get capital. It's hard to get products in. It's so many difficulties you have to deal with when it comes to selling products, mm-hmm. even when you're doing retail or if you're going to make something to bring in your raw materials. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to admit, um, with the new initiatives with the government, the ease of doing business when it comes to business license and things that they're um, coming on stream with, we're hoping that it's going to be easier. But how have you found it when you were getting started? Like you say, I think you mentioned you had like $5 to just do a Facebook um, Mm -hmm. ad. When you were getting started to get your products in for your first popsicle that you're going to make, where did the money come from? Um, I always tell people I had $10 left in my bank account from Bahama. I had already, (laughs) I had exhausted it all. Um, I had this idea that I wanted to start, but, you know, I also had a lot of time off that I wanted to enjoy. Um, So I ended up spending a lot of the money that, 
I had for my business. So I only had $10 left. Um, my mom would come and she would drop those classified ads by my door every Thursday. And yeah, here's another you'd, job. You would just hear it. Like you'd hear when the paper drops outside yeah. the door, like the pop. And I'd be like, <laughs> eyes rolling like, oh, no. Um, but I knew I had to do something. I had that $10. So right. I bought that one popsicle mold um, off the internet. Okay. Then my cousin, she bought popsicles for $50. That gave me $50 more. Dollars. I go. bought more popsicle molds. And I just kept on growing and growing and scaling up. Right. And until I'm to this point, whereas I just have things that do it for, for, for themselves. And I don't have to do so much work. So that technique is known as bootstrapping. Yeah. You take the money, whatever many monies you made, whatever you have, you start with that. Mm-hmm. Don't wait and say, oh, I need more money. Like, what can I do with this $10? Mm-hmm. If that $10, like you say, could get me that one mold, mm-hmm. I'm sure you could find something around your house to make your first popsicle. Yep. That gives you... I went a to my Grammy's sour sub tree. See, there you go. Yep, the same Correct sour subs me and my little cousins used to fight over. <laughs> and I think this is like the last tree because they even, the last sour sub, because they even cut that tree down. Oh, gee. So I got that and I made some sour sub popsicles to sell to my cousin. And you took that money. Off what? our own Grammy tree, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> took your tree. I was like, Rasta, like, it's jam. Yes. <laughs> Just like how the Rasta's <laughs> doing. It sent it right back to you. Yeah. <laughs> so. So you took the, the sour sauce, made your popsicle, you made that sale of $50. Why didn't you spend that? I mean, you needed bread in your house, you needed, you needed something in your house to eat. Why didn't you spend that on you? I think... You work hard for that. I was down to the last $10 and I was starting to feel how it feels to yeah. be broke and right. unemployed. Um, I had already known how it felt to be unemployed, but right. Bahama, broke. Bahama was still giving us a stipend, so I was unemployed, but I wasn't broken unemployed. Right. I was on vacation with pay. And that's how I thought of it. Um, but I had, I think I had realized that it was time to put the rub on the road and I was ready to move. I had gotten a kick of motivation at this time and I was yeah. ready to go. I just really had to make things happen. And one thing about business is once you start and you have something good, you can't stop. So that's right. what has me here four to five years later, still popping, push not stopping. <laughs> like these rhymes, boy. Yes. So, so your cash flow now, how do you... How do you manage your cash flow from your sale? I mean, do you have a separate bank account just for the business? Do you make any purchases with a, a, a business credit card or debit card? Or how do you manage your cash flow? Most definitely, I have a business account. Um, I learned very early. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't, your money becomes the business money. The business money becomes your, your money. money. And remember that thing that you needed for the business that you can't afford anymore because you thought it was your money? Yeah. Um, so I learned that really early. So now I have separate accounts. Okay. Um, but whatever's popping goes to PopStop's account and anything else that may come from BTVI or everywhere else comes to my account. Mm-hmm. And um, I've just come to the point now where I actually pay myself from PopStop. Oh, that's it. Um, before, I never even used to pay myself. So people in business, they always tell you whenever you make the money, you got to go back and start taking off the paychecks that you never got. Right. If I do that, I don't think I'd have a business anymore. <laughs> you know how hard I worked? Um, so now it's coming to the point now where I could actually delegate a paycheck for myself every single week from PopStop. Good. And I've been able to do that because I was able to scale up. So I know that every week if I have one employee, I have to make sure that she gets paid yeah, every you gotta week. Pay them. Right. Yeah, and then I kept on growing until I said, okay, I have a little bit left over. Maybe I could have a little something. Something this way. And then I started so growing. The psychology behind that, and um, you can talk to any business businessman or entrepreneur who've been in the game for a really, really long time, and they always say, pay yourself first. Mm-hmm. And um, I think when I got clarity on that, 
the reason why they were saying that is it forces you now. Let's say you were making a hundred dollars and you pay yourself fifty dollars, which means you left your company with fifty dollars, mm-hmm. but you need at least eighty. Mm-hmm. What happens is the psychology behind it forces you to make more, more. sales. Yep. And this is the reason why they say that because most people say, "Oh, I can't do that. I, if I don't do that, I can't." But the psychology is that if you do it and you realize I need this money, you're gonna push extra hard. Mm-hmm. And it's a, if you try it, anyone out there, just try it. Pay yourself this money first, and when you realize that you don't have enough to pay to to replace whatever products you use. Watch how hard you're gonna work to start replacing those products. Yeah. Agreed, and that's that's the psychology behind it. Mm-hmm. All right. So if anyone who's wondering why people say that, that's the reason why they say that. It's just a psycholo- psychological effect mm-hmm. for you to go out there and work and hustle harder and harder just to get that out. So I like the fact that you mentioned that that you opened up a business account for your company and your company handles its own funds and you mm-hmm. handle your own funds mm-hmm. that way because people have a habit. They find that Bahamians have a habit of always taking from the kitty. It's, it's so easy. It's so easy. Without money or without cash flow, your company dies. Mm-hmm. Cash flow is like, if you consider it like blood. Mm-hmm. So imagine taking blood out your body over and over and again. And not putting it back exactly. in. Exactly. What Eventually is going to happen? You're going to die. Mm-hmm. So you wonder why, how do these businesses run or go out of business? That's why. They're pulling from the kitty. Mm-hmm. And if you're not keeping records, how, how well are you... Um, do you keep records of everything you purchase, everything you, all the sales you make, things like that, to know if you're growing or not? Definitely QuickBooks. QuickBooks is a lifesaver, right? QuickBooks. QuickBooks is a lifesaver. <laughs> um, when I found out about QuickBooks, it changed my life. And another, uh, the reason why I found out about QuickBooks is when you're dealing with big business, right? you can't pull up with your receipt book and start <laughs> writing up stuff, right? So you have to have a proper invoicing system. Um, that you can send invoices on. So I had to, I had to get QuickBooks right away. Um, I got QuickBooks. QuickBooks shows me my balances. I can put in my expenses. Right. I can put in everything that I need, my, um, pay, my payroll, my employee payout. I can put in all of those things into my QuickBooks, which helps life become a whole lot easier. Even my Square and my PayPal can actually hook up to my QuickBooks. So that way, if I do sales over PayPal and they right. pay over PayPal, I could link it up to my um, QuickBooks if I do storefront sales or retail sales from one of my pop-up locations, my Square also is synchronized with my QuickBooks. So okay. my Square will put my sales for that day into my QuickBooks. And even talk, speaking about PayPal, just quickly about that, because I had a lot of persons who were saying that they can't seem to get it set up. I don't know if they, if PayPal changed lately. How, how long ago did you start your PayPal account? So with PayPal, um, before I had heard that there was a availability, whereas if you have a bank of the Bahamas, yeah. you could actually link it up to your BOB yes. card and then you could pull the funds off from there. However, I was not one of those people that got in on that wave. Oh. Um, I heard it ended like just recently, like last week. Or That's like what before I wanted to last. find out. I heard, it, I heard it just ended. But what I do is a lot of the things that I order, I have to order from away anyway because mm-hmm. we don't have it locally so i just pay them with my paypal right so if someone pays me with paypal i'll pay someone else pay, the money stays there and i use that money to pay somebody else so that way i don't lose out on the transaction so that's a part of doing business in the bahamas that we need some way to get money from foreign payments and they had one you know but i just don't think that they were able to get it off the ground it was, was that? one that was called payworks payworks right they've been around so what i don't Company's know I've, I've sent emails and I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. It was, it, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. In the U.S., they have Cash App. They have all these other apps where you could send money. I could sit here and send you $50. Easy. Right now, just from my phone. Whereas here in the Bahamas, I don't think we give people that much access to our banking information. 
So that's a problem because if I want to do international business now, let's say you want to now scale up to the point where you start shipping out of the Bahamas. Mm -hmm. So one, shipping is a big problem. I can tell you that off the top. Oh, so, so, so. that is a whole different monster. <laughs> We're talking about banking, now shipping and export. Yeah. That's a whole different monster. So we have a long way to go. Definitely. But um, I think we now have an, a, an eye view of the problem, mm -hmm. especially when it comes to shipping. I just hope that a smart entrepreneur or businessman is going to come in and form an export industry for us. Um, just getting one little letter out of the country is $50. Yes. That's, that's unbelievable. So when we sit there and we talk about things like WTO and stuff like that, you can't be serious. Exactly. Like, we don't make anything. To get something in is so well, we expensive. What are we going to sell? <laughs> what are we going to sell? Like, we can't uh -huh. fight with Haiti and their bananas. Like, we cannot fight with that. They grow bananas <laughs> off of nothing. Exactly. Right? Just for our fertilizer, it's too expensive yeah. just to bring it in. All of those things, we can't. We can't level up for things like WTO. Um, so we have to start creating more resources locally to even be able to compete. So, because you made, you, oh, geez, that was so much things to talk about. Right? <laughs> so anyway, let's just scale that down to a point. When it comes to being a small business, and when we say small business, and, and people get this mix up, um, I spoke with someone at Inland Revenue, and they actually broke it down for me. Actually, I knew it for a while, but I wanted them to confirm it. Uh, most businesses we call small business are not small business. They're actually known as micro businesses. Mm -hmm. So if you're not making over hundred thousand dollars or so, you, you're not small. You're not small. You're micro. Micro, yeah. Okay. So it, call it what it is. So it sounds really good that I want a small business, but you have to know where you fit in. And if you know where you fit in, you know where you have to go. Mm -hmm. So after from small, when you reach a medium business, mm -hmm. I have rarely found medium businesses. Mm -hmm. It's as if Bahamians, locals, only micro or small. But it's like micro, small, or big because then you have the big boys too. Yeah, of course, yeah. So it's, it's the ones that don't get over that hump. Yeah. And I have something written down here talking about growth and scaling up. Um, I think it's so difficult to scale up in this country. It is. So maybe it's tough scaling from the small to the large mm -hmm. um, or the micro to the large. So maybe that's how come a lot of them stay small businesses. Because that's what begins working out for them. The family business, the small, intimate environment, not too much stress. Um, a big part with scaling up is finding the right employees. Yeah. So and having the wrong so employees, it costs more stress than your business I can. Know. I know. So is it a population problem? Because this was another conversation we had saying that we just don't have the population in order to do the things that we want to do. One, like you say, because you could go through a lot of persons just to find that one good employee. Mm -hmm. But secondly... How many popsicles or how many of your products can you sell to 300,000 people? That's why when talking about scaling up and, ta and talking about the shipping industry, I knew all about what you were talking about. Because <laughs> um, teaching entrepreneurship, I know that 300,000 people are only going to buy popsicles a certain amount of time. Yeah. And after a while, they may even stop. So um, I'd have to find a way to get my product out of the country. Whereas in the Bahamas, it's hard to get uh, lemonade to Harbor Island. Right? <laughs> yes, exactly. So... How do you get it further than that? Um, but yeah, so all that's going to go with the challenges of scaling up. Um, I see with SBDC coming around, right. they're interested in looking at those avenues. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. I just have hope hmm. when so it comes to things like that. We covered a whole lot here about your business, about yourself and the things that you're doing. And we know that you're rolling out some new products slowly. But where, where is PopStop going? Where... Is it that you're just you're enjoying the ride and just adjusting as you go, or do you have that point where as okay here where I want to be in the future, and from then I'm going to just expand exponentially, like 
where is pop stop going um i see expansion um i definitely see moving out of just the bahamas right um we're currently in the phases now of trying to figure out the logistics of export um like i say just getting a lemonade to harbor island is tough so you can imagine getting a thousand popsicles to harbor island is even tougher getting a thousand popsicles to freeport is tougher so it's just trying to find the right export channels you have boats who have Mm. freezers that the freezers stop working in the middle of the journey and then what do you do who's going to pay for my popsicles right so um it's just learning that so that we could expand and we could grow and we could be more than just we could be a behemoth brand in a different country so because the concept, we talk about the WTO. What if, because I, I do not know what we're signing on. I don't think anybody know. knows. When I hear the um, lead negotiator talk on his radio show, I don't even think he knows. <laughs> so I listened to it. I said, but just yesterday you were saying WTO. Now you're saying that we can't produce products at a cheaper rate. So what do you want us to do? Because <laughs> I was wondering even, just a, just a quick thing, just to segue on to this point. When it comes to your product, what if you had that, ability through some kind of agreement between governments between us and the United States that you can open up a manufacturing company in the United States how big would that be for you I can do that but it, 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 you still have limitations okay. um, I did, it's very easy to do that mm-hmm. um, for anybody um, but me manufacturing fresh fruits that limits me because I That's still need thing. to get the fruits as well and the things that we specialize in are just not the regular pineapples uh, or the yeah, strawberries yeah. which is not a problem of course it's more of the exotic things and there, that makes it even more perishable. Can't find no juju over there. Like, sure, I can't find no juju <laughs> over there. And when I started my business, I was really big about giving back to my country. Yeah. So I wanted to be able to employ people locally, um, employ the farmers locally, keep the money here, and then bring more money back in. Makes sense. Makes sense. Because I'd only go to Florida to hire some Cubans to do the same thing do that I can hire Bahamians to do, right? That makes sense. So... Tell us where, again, you also know, tell us again where we could find your your products, which stores we could find them in, um, what's your Facebook handle, Instagram handle, email, contact, just give us everything. Where can we get you? Okay, so you can find us on Facebook at PopStop242, on Instagram at PopStop242. Um, also, you can find us at Incudesk on Chesapeake Road, at the Candy Shop in the Marina Village, Adastra Gardens, NRG. Um, you can also call us at 814-0416. We deliver from freezer to freezer, so you don't have to worry about the melting in your tra- on traffic on the way home. Um, you can also call us. Call us at 814-0416. Wherever you pop up, we'll pop by you. So give me another rhyme. Pop, you don't pop, stop. Give me one of those rhymes again. If you could pick it, you could pop it. Pop it, not stopping. What's popping? How can we cool awesome. you down? That is awesome. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks a lot for joining us for this podcast here with Kentisha Ward of Pop Stop. And as a reminder, today's podcast is sponsored by Bahamas Candle and Soap, producing handmade natural candles, melts, along with other homemade and body fragrances, vegetable-based soaps, and supplies. And again, again, the podcast was also made possible by the studio at the Creative Center Bahamas. I want to thank Kantisha again for coming on out. And I really, I really wish you well because it seems as if you're really on your way. You mm-hmm. are far ahead of a lot of persons that I know when mm-hmm. it comes to small business and being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But before we go, I have one last question I want to ask you. No problem. I can see the eagerness. <laughs> <laughs> Do you consider a difference between a businessman and an entrepreneur? Is there a difference to you? I'm learning that now okay. because an entrepreneur is, is serial. Like it's not just an entrepreneur just doesn't want to do one thing and that's it. An entrepreneur sees opportunity everywhere they go. Mm. Whereas a business person, they 
have their opportunity and they want to grow it. Whereas I see there are two different aspects. It's like the difference between a small business and, a, and an entrepreneur. Right. And a small business and an entrepreneur are two completely different things. You could have a lawyer who's running a small, small business, business and you could have an entrepreneur who's trying to start a huge company. Right. So some people just want to take care of themselves and some people want to start a, a create an avenue for other people. That's actually a really good answer. Um, if, you, if you're not too sure about that, go back to one of the podcasts that we have. I think it was episode three or four where we talked about businessmen versus entrepreneur and the difference that we have there. And I think she just hit it the, the nail on the head with that exact same thing. There's a difference. There is a big difference. There's nothing wrong with it. If you're a businessman, go ahead with that. If you're an entrepreneur, go ahead with that. Just know that they're separate things. All right? So again, thanks a lot for coming out. And see you guys on the next episode Sorry, of Doing Business in the Bahamas. Stay cool. Stay popping. Not stopping.